Hi, friends. Hi, friends and family. Most haunted, most haunted, well, most haunted (laughs) friend group. (laughs) Oh, this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. I ate some hot sauce before this and what is going on? My tongue is twisted. My brain is in knots, but we're here. That's Corinne. I'm Sabrina. This is an Encounters episode and we have some ghost stories for y'all. Yes, we do. Can I start? Sure. I just feel like this is, it's a happy, sad one. So I don't know. I just want to read it right now. It's called Encounter, My Grand Uncle Saved My Dumbass from Beyond. (laughs) Hi, lovely ghostesses. My name is Kendall, she, her. I discovered your podcast after your collab with Morbid, and I have thoroughly enjoyed binging your episodes. Woohoo! I'm happy to have another spooky podcast to add to my rotation. This story isn't very long and it isn't very scary, but I thought I would share it with you guys anyway. It is one of the things that makes me positive something exists beyond death and that ghosts can definitely be good. Also, this email is entirely unedited because I don't want a second guest sending it or changing any details, so hopefully this all makes sense. Great. Growing up, my granduncle played the role of grandfather in my life. He was a grumpy old man who grew up dirt poor in the Appalachian Mountains, but he worked hard and he was a kind soul. He would tease me, but I was also convinced he, a carpenter, could make anything that I would ask him to. One time, I volunteered him to build birdhouses for my entire kindergarten class. That's so cute. And you know what? He built 30-something birdhouses in a weekend so that I could take them to school on Monday. <laughs> That is amazing. He was a smoker and he drank black coffee, important for later, I promise, all the time and was generally a sort of smelly guy since he spent most of his day outside, even sleeping on my grandma, his sister's porch, some nights instead of walking home. He had a crazy connection with animals. Any animal would just come up to him and instinctively trust him. I've seen him tame feral cats, handle snakes, pigs, birds, foxes, raccoons, etc. He was a tough man, but he was also a very gentle one. He knew how the land worked as he had grown up farming and he knew how animals behave and he was very protective of me and my family. I spent my summers at my grandma's house and I would always get scolded by my grand uncle for running around outside barefoot, handling plants that weren't safe, <laughs> not wearing long pants in the tall grass, etc. He was worried about me stepping on a snake, getting a tick, all very reasonable and adult things to be concerned about. But he was a grumpy old man, so he'd always scold me by saying something along the lines of, what the hell are you doing out there without your damn shoes on? (laughs) You're going to get a damn nail in the foot. And then the doctor will have to stick you with a big ass shot or something similar. I love this man so much. Like I said, he was a grumpy old man. (laughs) In 2016, he passed away from cancer. He was in his 80s and he had lived a long life, but I do wish it had been longer. I had just gone to college at the time and I was not home when he had passed away. But before I left, I went to go visit him one last time and he told me to be good and to behave myself. My dad thinks that he knew he wouldn't see me again. Once, a few years after he passed, I had the most vivid dream. In this dream, I was outside of my house and I saw my granduncle walking up the driveway. He lived a short walk away from my house and from my grandma's house. I was so excited to see him and I ran out to him and I gave him a big big hug. I could smell the black coffee and the cigarette smoke on his jacket. He didn't say anything, but somehow I knew he wanted me to show him around the house. He was a carpenter in life and had helped my parents do a bunch of renovations on their home, like adding an additional bedroom and helping build a shed, etc. It felt like he wanted to check in on the house and see if we'd finished all of the projects. So I walked him around to the property and showed him the new retaining wall that we had added to the hill and how the gravel driveway had been paved. And he looked at all of it. I told him about what my parents and my brother were doing 
and a little bit about my grandma too. And then I sensed that he needed to leave. I gave him a hug and I walked him back down the driveway and he disappeared. The next day I asked my dad if he thought the dead could visit us in dreams and I told him about the dream of my granduncle. He was convinced that my granduncle had come to visit me. We both agreed that if I had made up the dream, he would have talked more and been more interested in me. (laughs) But he was just as grumpy as he was in life and he wanted to see the projects around the house and to make sure the home was taken care of. He had one intention. Yeah. Not interested in you. What's going on in the house? (laughs) Is everything up to code? A year or so later, I was house sitting for a friend who lived on a farm. It was a lot of fun and I would go out and water the goats and chickens. (laughs) Wait, wait, what does that mean? Like give them water? I don't know. Hose them down. Hose them down. I would go out and water the goats and chickens. <laughs> this is killing me. Great. <laughs> and collect eggs and tend the garden. It was an awesome break from the crazy college schedule that I usually kept. One morning, I was going into the goat pen to rinse out their water. Okay, that's that's what it must be. Oh. And give them their food. The goats were acting kind of weird and wouldn't drink the water. I assumed it was because the water was too dirty. So I picked up the trough to dump the water out. And that's when things got crazy. Here's a small trigger warning and talk of snakes. Oh. Where I live in the Appalachian Mountains, it is in Western North Carolina, and there are quite a few snakes. We have harmless ones like black snakes, but we also have some venomous ones like copperheads, cottonmouths, and rattlesnakes. When I lifted the trough up, time seemed to kind of slow down. Oh no. I heard a hiss. I looked down and I saw a giant copper snake rising up like it was about to strike. I swear it rose almost to my waist and then things got strange. I felt like someone else was there with me and the snake paused and we looked into each other's eyes for half a second and then I slammed the trough back down and said out loud, so sorry, I didn't know you were there. And then I heard my grand uncle. It wasn't out loud, but I heard him vividly in my head. He was quarreling and grumbling and it sounded something along the lines of, There you go, walking in the damn tall grass and shorts and damn sandals with your toes out. That damn snake could have bit your bare ass leg. And then what would you have done? Sitting here in those damn shorts? Get a pair of britches and boots before you get out on the farm messing with a damn snake. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You would think I would hightail it out of there and say, sorry, goats, no water for you today. Did I do that? No, no, I did not. My dumb ass was worried that they would need water. So I proceeded to fill up the trough halfway up with the water, hoping the snake would just stay under there until I was gone. And it did. It absolutely did. I am 100% convinced my grand uncle was there with me to save my dumb ass from getting bitten by an incredibly venomous snake on the top of a mountain, all alone, 20 minutes from a hospital with no cell service. I really don't know what I would have done if I'd been bitten. And so I'm so thankful that I have this hateful old guardian <laughs> angel watching out for my dumb ass because I still walk out into the tall grass with shorts and sandals on. I was just going to ask. <laughs> Thank you so much for reading this if you do. There have been a lot of other instances where I've smelt cigarette smoke when no one was smoking. And sometimes I'll sit out a cup of black coffee just for my granduncle. I know he's around watching over me and being an old hateful thing, even in the afterlife. I say this with the utmost love for him, but he was really crotchety. (laughs) See you on the other side, ladies. Kendall. Kendall. Here's my, me raising a cup of black coffee for, for your granduncle. Oh my gosh. That is so freaking spectacular in so many ways. 
I mean, my grandfather, he wasn't as crotchety and grumpy old old man, but he had such strong opinions and they would come off as like grumpy old man. He'd be like, what is this rubbish that you're watching? Or like, what are you wearing? You know, like kind of just like his way of communicating. Yeah. 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 And the fact that he has just stayed true to himself, but he is loving. He he so clearly loves. Get a pair of gritches and boots before you get out in the farm. <laughs> yeah. But like he so clearly it's his way. Like he lo- he still loves her. And like, yeah, well, he was there with her. He he clearly caused some confusion, hopefully, for a moment to stand still just long enough for her and the snake to be like, wait a second. Hold up. We don't need to do this. Yeah, man, I want to know what the snake saw because it's the for 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 an animal like a snake specifically because I feel like mammals you can see and like acknowledge and almost witness their soul in a different way, but snakes it's really hard with amphibians and reptiles. Like you, their eyes they're not really expressive. They're not really windows into the soul. No. <laughs> No, I'm sure they have cute little personalities, but you're not you're not seeing it through their eyeballs. Mm-mm. You're, you're <laughs> not looking sure. at them and saying, let's be friends. Let's be friends. <sighs> Maybe you are. And if you are, you're weird. But I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I had pet. I, I did grow a frog when I was younger. You grew a frog? Yeah. You would you buy them at the kids store at the kids the store? toy store there'd be like the children's toy store the kids store you know where the kids go i feel like you just created an ad you know where the kids go that's the slogan for my kid my new kid store i'm opening up it's just called uh, the kids store the kids store. Oh no, man. No, I would go, I'd buy a kit and it was like grow a, it was literally called grow a frog. It was kind of like when you do see monkeys. So you buy this kit and you'd fill out your little waiver thing and you'd send it off and then they'd ship you this, I guess, frog egg or something. I don't even remember how I got it. I just know on multiple occasions, I grew a frog. Multiple occasions. What happened to what them? What happened to them? That okay. I can't remember. We'll have to phone a friend and that friend will have to be my mom because I don't remember what happened to them. I mean, hey, listen, I did some weird things as a kid. And, and also, I personally do not feel an attachment to cold-blooded animals. But I, so I do, in my mind, think that's weird. But I respect you if that's what you like. I know that I do some very weird things. I love mice and rats. I think they're very cute. Me too. I'm weird. We're all weird. We're all just trying to do our best. Don't wear shorts up in the farm. Don't wear your shorts. Get some britches. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Get some britches and check your trough because we're not dying out here today. Not today, snakes. No, sorry. No, Siri. Not if uh, Grand Uncle has anything to say about it. Mm-mm. Wow. I love Grand Uncle. Kendall, how sweet. Me too. Okay, so I feel like this is a good one to read next. It's from our listener, Ari, and it's called There's Someone Living Under the House? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Hello, beautiful ghostesses. Hello. I wrote in not long ago with a little collection of some fun encounters I've had or been told, but I somehow completely forgot to mention this ongoing issue with the thing in 
my closet. Got to start off with the classic. I love you guys. I have literally not listened to any other podcast or song since starting <laughs> this. And wow, you have fully got me thinking about ghosts all the time. Love it. Welcome. Welcome. We're never not thinking about ghosts. So no, honestly, you're in, you're in good company here. Well, when you just read Kendall's story, I was like, wow, I should start waking up an extra hour early and making my black coffee and putting a cup across the table from me and just saying hello to my grandparents. For grand uncle. Yeah. Oh for, yeah. For your own grandparents. For my own yeah. grandparents. Seriously. Should I have I- to like actively fight myself mm-hmm. to not bring up ghosts in every single social setting that I'm ever in. Same. I find myself, if there's like a dull moment or like a lull in conversation, I I look at someone and I go, so do you believe in ghosts? Well, okay, here's the thing. And sorry, Ari, (laughs) to immediately disrupt your your email. No, no, no. We didn't really start it yet. So this is a good time. I have time on my calendar. When I was at my sister-in-law's wedding, it was, her wedding was two months after mine and Brian's. And so a lot of their family friends and also their family, it was a lot of repeat guests. And so Brian and I finally had time to like actually spend some time talking to some of these people since it was on our own wedding. And one of his parents' good friends, a couple came up to me and said, hey, we listened to your podcast. And we just want to let you know that we believe in that stuff. And I was like, you do? And he goes, I, they were like, I know it's going to sound crazy. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, obviously, I'm not going to think it sounds crazy. Yeah, no. You're talking to the right gal. To, yeah. I was like, you don't have to add any of that that commentary. Like, I'm fully with you. and I fully believe. Like, tell me, tell me what happened. The music was so loud. So I was only capturing probably 30% of what they were saying. And I really need to follow up with them because... You do. We got interrupted in the middle of one story at like the biggest cliffhanger too. But they were rattling off like 12, 15 ghost stories, like boom, 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 boom. And basically from what I can remember from the bits and pieces I, I had, the the man, he had experienced a lot in a family house that he had before they sold it. And he always felt odd. They always felt like someone was watching him. And he said his like brother and other relatives always got the heebie-jeebies. His wife, very clearly a medium. I was literally telling her, I was like, I think you're psychic. Like, I think you truly have mediumship. And she goes, I, I think I might. She sees spirits all the time. When they first started dating and got together as a couple, mm-hmm. she would see people around him and like in their house or when she was visiting his oh my family. Gosh. Oh, she's for sure medium. Yeah. She was like, oh, I just saw this woman walk by and she looked like this. And he'd be like, that's my great grandma who has passed. Like she has experienced so much. And I was just like, I love that they're telling me all this, but I so desperately wanted to be like, let's go sit outside so I can hear all of this. But then we would have been away from the wedding for like two hours talking about ghost stories and we needed to be there. But I was like, oh my God, this is so incredible. And then I told my parents in law, my in-laws, what do you call them? My in-laws. And I was like, oh my gosh, did you know that these people had ghost stories? And they were shocked. They were like, what? really? And they've known them for so long. And I was like, see, this is proof that you just have to ask. You just have to ask. And you can bring it up in conversation because you never know. You could know someone for decades and them never bring anything up because they don't know if you're open to it. And the second they know someone else is, suddenly it's an outpouring of ghost stories. Floodgates are open. There you go. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. You know how people say they love weddings? And I'm not saying I don't love weddings. I love weddings when a lot of my friends are going. But otherwise, I'm like, eh, great. I love, love. You have fun. But like, it's not my... I don't like... I'm not like, oh, I love listening to all the speeches. I love, love. 
Anyway, so... I love food and drinks. Yeah, that part's fun. But now I'm going to change my perspective a little bit and view weddings as an opportunity, as a business opportunity. <laughs> yeah. To receive Collect ghost, ghost stories. stories. Yeah. I'm going to start wedding crashing for that specific... I mean, cocktail hour? What is cocktail hour if not to go introduce yourself to all the people that you don't know and say, beautiful wedding. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> How about a ghost story? Alrighty. I have a ghost story. Okay. So Ari says, this was my first thought when first experiencing things in the house. Of course, I think everything is haunted after listening to you guys. I mean, every episode is proof. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just choked on my black coffee because I, I went to giggle. And you <laughs> almost died. Ari, you almost killed Corinne. Wow. Ari, God, why do you do this to me? I, I dedicate my will to Ari right now. What's in it? Now she's going to wish you died. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't have one. <laughs> oh. You you get this glass that I got for free. Okay. Ari, I'm alive. For now. You're off the hook for now. Okay. Anyway, I moved into a house two years ago with two of my buddies and coworkers, and everything was fine at first. We checked out our new rooms. I got the master because I was the only girl and noticed that my closet had access to both the crawl space and the unfinished attic space. Two red flags right away. Maybe a month or so after moving in, we had a couple of close friends over and um, well, we just got way too drunk. I decided it was the perfect moment to reveal to everyone that I had access to the crawl space. As you know, because in this moment, it felt like a flex. (laughs) (laughs) Two of our friends, we'll call them Eric and Gabe, agreed to go under the house with me right then and there. Sounded like a great idea for some reason. Even though I had no previous interest in going under there when I saw the hatch. But alas, alcohol, and I just love doing dumb nonsense. We lifted the metal handle and the hatch came up. The crawl space is, I don't know, like three feet tall. We all got under and I immediately felt uh, not right. This hatch wasn't on the edge of the crawl space, but dropped us in the middle. So when we got down, it was just darkness surrounding us, no walls behind us. And I said, "Mm, nope, thanks guys. And I got up. Eric followed after me, but Gabe stayed down, not saying a word. Gabe is a thrower on the college track team. He's probably around 300 pounds, six foot two, and the quietest person I have ever met. Eric drunkenly laughed at Gabe and asked if he wanted to be closed in. And Gabe said, yes, without even looking up. No, haven't you seen the sixth sense? Never let yourself be trapped. But the fact that Gabe like was so almost monotonous. Yes. In a trance being called in. Eric laughed even harder and closed the hatch. Now I was feeling very uneasy. All of this didn't feel right. Even five shots deep, I knew something was wrong. I lifted the hatch and I saw Gabe sitting there, staring into the corner of the space. He hurriedly got up, helped secure the hatch, and looked at us and said, I saw eyes in there. (gasps) No, no, no. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my exact response was, what? In a drunken slur. (laughs) What? See, even six foot two and 300 pounds, a pair of eyes is going to scare the shit out of you. It's going to scare anyone. Internally, I was shaken by his response. He told us that they were in the corner. When we closed the hatch, it got dead silent. And when we opened it back up, he locked eyes with something in the corner of the crawl space and immediately jumped out. It wasn't discussed again between us until a few months later at another party when I was talking about Bigfoot with another friend whose dad is a huge Bigfoot enthusiast. He apparently wouldn't agree with our interdimensional theory, but 
I'm trying to meet this guy and discuss logistics. Wait, this is sorry to interrupt one moment. At your wedding, Sabrina, I got introduced by someone like one of the parents grabbed another person and introed me and was like, talk to him. He oh, my believes cousin. in Bigfoot. Oh, wait. Oh. No, no. Who believed in Bigfoot? I, I don't know. He was like 60 years old. Hmm. He had whitish speckledy like salt and pepper hair and he was like i believe and i was like you're in good company <laughs> <laughs> i love that at, at my wedding you were introduced as the bigfoot girl and then i at your wedding it was like this is sabrina the ghost girl the like ghost girl. yeah yeah <laughs> i turned to gabe and said gabe do you see dead people and i'm not sure why i asked him this but it seemed like he did and keep in mind this is like months later at a party and Ari goes up to Gabe and asks this. <laughs> Gabe says, yes, actually, I see shadow figures in the corner of my eye sometimes. And I've seen a full, I've seen a few full people ghosts before too. Ha, ladies, let me tell you, I was shocked. I'm not particularly sensitive, but I have had my fair share of experiences. And somehow I knew that he could see ghosts. Anyway, I noticed early on that I can hear the pipes under the house rattling every time water is turned on or off in the house. The sound is almost like a sliding closet door being opened on either side, like a deep rumble. There's a manhole right outside our backyard with a little outcrop in our fence around it. So the sewer line is right by our yard. Sometimes the pipes will settle and the noise will go off without me expecting it and I'll jump. But then I started noticing a different sound, not one like the usual pipes rattling, but almost like a shuffling or fidgeting with the pipes, unintentional clangs. I joked to my roommates that someone was using the sewer system to hang out under the house and that those were the eyes that Gabe saw that night. They got a bit uneasy and we all just kind of laughed it all off. In August of 2021, I got my sweet doggy named Junie and she sleeps with me every night under the covers very soundly. She is absolutely perfect and stole my heart day one. She's very well behaved and doesn't bark at anyone unless they knock on the door. Well, in October of 2021, my next door neighbor decided to build a deck in his backyard. He had been inviting a friend over to help him out and Junie hated this man. I also got weird vibes from him. Ooh, trust your pets. My mom always said that. She was like, if anyone was ever doing any work on our house and wrinkles had some sort of reaction, she never let them inside. Smart. She'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. We have to reschedule. My husband's not here. Yeah, it's scary. Or she, I don't think she'd advertise that. Right, her husband right. wasn't there, but she'd be like, oh, sorry. Oh, something came up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ari said, I also got weird vibes from him. So I decided casually to ask my neighbor about him. I asked who this man was and he responded, he's one of my poker buddies. He really needs some help right now. So I've been having him over lately to help keep him busy. This was not the response I was expecting to hear, nor the response I wanted to hear. A few days later, Junie and I were on our walk, prime TGOG listening time. And all of a sudden, Junie was crouched, her head pointed and focused, burying her teeth, growling, all of her hair standing on end. I look to see what she's looking at and just about pooped my pants. Junie starts barking her head off at this point and is at the end of her leash. The neighbor's friend, in quotes, was standing in the middle of the driveway, completely motionless, staring at me. <gasps> oh, why is this giving me flashbacks to the Rick story? This feels like Rick behavior. He didn't move a muscle or say a word as I profusely apologized for Junie's behavior and told him she had been trying to check him out for a while. He made no response, and we were on our way. Oh, a couple days later, Junie and I were curled up in bed. It was super late, like 
somewhere between 1 and 2 a.m. And she suddenly jumps to her feet and wrestles out of the covers. Then she puffed her fur back up, began a low growl, and was pacing the back wall of my room that faces the backyard. I called her to bed and tried to calm her down. But now she had her nose to the floor and was even pacing even faster and crying now. Suddenly, that sound that I was describing earlier, the unintentional clanging, went off. And then so did Junie. She was barking her head off, but had no clue what she was barking at. So she just ran around the room and barked at the floor. Here's where shit picks up, though. Things got quiet after I saged and I put some heavy shit on the hatch for safe measure. They were done with the deck and put the whole thing behind me. Well, ladies, this year really dragged me through the mud and I entered a level of depression I had never experienced. About four weeks or so ago, I was having a rough night and I decided to put on a fancy little eye mask and go to bed early. I laid down and I tried to quiet my mind. Junie was tucked up against my hip under the covers like usual, and I was feeling better. But then I was not feeling so good. I felt what I can only describe as what felt like a cat struggling to jump on my bed. You know how sometimes they get their claws stuck when they can't quite make it? That. I felt like something was tugging at the end of my blanket, tugging at the end of my blanket, trying to claw its way up. Ooh. My first thought was Junie, but then I felt her beside me. I quickly sat up and looked towards the end of the bed and nothing. I chalked it up to something sliding off the end of my bed without me seeing it and decided to take the mask off and lay back down. Not 30 seconds later, do I feel something slowly pull the blanket off of me. No, this is the worst. For some reason, I am completely obsessed with claiming everything is paranormal except my own damn house. So I just rolled over and went to sleep. Yeah, I don't know how I did it either. But since this incident, I have been waking up with gnarly bruises all over my legs. Now I tend to try to walk through furniture rather than around it and always have kind of a beat up leg situation. But this was unlike what I had ever seen before. And it's still happening. I have a few bruises currently, which I cannot explain. One of which is behind my knee and runs down my calf. Not sure how that happens. I've saged since this incident and even had some friends check it out and give opinions and everyone else is saying it feels eerie. Oh, also there's a bus stop right outside my backyard, just a few feet from the manhole. And guess what route it takes? Routes 6, Route 66, and Route 661. Why would they do that? That's literally the next sentence. Now, why the fuck would they do that? Why? Why would they do that? It's like they're trying to create like this little portal. Portal. So here are my theories. Dude, there's probably a raccoon under there or something. Or you're just hearing the pipe settle and think everything is haunted. Or the creepy next door neighbor's friend is using the sewer access outside of our house to live underground. Or the creepy next door neighbor's friend has a demon attached to him that encourages the use of the sewer system and is living under my house. Or there's a demon under my house. Guys, I really think there's a demon under my house. So yeah, let me know what you think. I'll keep you updated on whatever the hell is going on in my closet. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Ari. Ari, I kind of think there's a demon under your house too. Because I almost think it's interesting. It's uh, There's so many shows being pulled into my head too. At the same time, I'm thinking like it, I'm thinking Stranger Things. I'm thinking of, basically, here's my theory. I think that there's some darkness attached to the creepy neighbor's friend. I think that he's going through a really tough time and that let him be prey for some demonic force, which is 
making him act bizarrely, sending Ari's dog into a frenzy and acting berserk around that guy. Because clearly there's something about him and around him that is unsettling and is making Ari uneasy. And I feel like if that guy was there and the demon was already spending time with him and around that area, it very easily could use the sewer system. And then once introed to Ari, it sounds like it wasn't until she met that guy and had the weird interactions that the things that happened came into the house instead of just underneath it and around it. It was like, that's when the bruises started. That's when things started physically happening. But before the neighbor's friend was ever there, Gabe saw something living under the house. True. So maybe it is like, I mean, we talk about entities living in like the wet, dank, dark spaces. Like maybe there was something dark, an entity of some kind living under there who then attached to the neighbor's friend and maybe goes back and forth between, I don't know. I don't know. I I definitely think there was something up with the neighbor's friend. I don't want to point fingers or like, you know, wrongfully accuse who knows what it is. Maybe he was just going through a really hard time and just gave off negative bad vibes. Or maybe he's a really terrible person. Who knows? Or maybe he's not bad at all. And it's only when he goes over to his friend's house that this demon who lives there preys upon him. Maybe when he exits and he goes to a cafe, when he goes home, when he meets up with friends at other places, he's not acting at all like he's acting in the way that Ari is experiencing him because it's specific to this weird energy that he encounters. Like he's preyed upon there. Like we, we don't know. We don't know. Ari's never encountered him outside of that setting either. Yeah, we don't know. But it does sound like there is something in Ari's room now. I am curious because Ari said that she's staged a couple of times, but I wonder if there's been like quiet after those moments and then it picks back up or what happens after staging. It sounds like, oh, you know what this reminds me of? This is super creepy. So the most recent Conjuring movie, I think it's the third one. They have, there's like a house that they move into and they find like this weird, almost voodoo-like doll underneath the house that has like cursed the house and made it haunted. I wonder what else is under that crawl space. Well, this is, okay, this is, I mean, we talk about Greg and Dina Newkirk so much because we're obsessed with them. But remember when we talked about that doll well, it was our, it was our, my topic that I covered on the New Brunswick and Portland show where it was this doll that was found in the crawl space of the basement and it was responsible for all of these hauntings. So maybe it is something very similar. I think Ari and then that friend who can see ghosts, they need to team up together. A Gabe, Abe, <laughs> Abe, Gabe. Gabe and Ari and their group of friends need to come up with some sort of like ghost hunting plan where they go investigate the crawl space together with multiple people during the daytime with flashlights where there's just as many people inside the crawl space as there are outside of the crawl space. You can't just like leave one person and abandon the other. Like everyone has to be, there has to be multiple eyes on multiple areas. I also feel like there needs to be a second or third entrance and exit. Like it can't just be from the closet because of what if something happens. Like what if something blocks it trying to keep them in? There needs to be other entrances and exits on the perimeter of the home. We need at least, at the very least, a tool belt that people are using where they have they have snacks, they have water, they have tools to break something down to if their air supply is running out, if they get trapped. We need 911 ready to go. We have a whole plan. Investigate that crawl space. <laughs> All right, Ari. I mean, that was sent back in 
April 2022. So it's been over a year. Oh my gosh. Should I see if I she's... I also can't believe it's 2023. I keep thinking it's... I know. Yeah. Search okay. her email address and see if we have any updates. Nope. That's it. That's the only one we have from her. Ah! We'll follow up. All right. What do you have? Okay. Well, until then, I have one called, believe me or not, death predictions. I am tired of this shit. <laughs> I, I chose one with kind of like spicy subject lines. Today. Oh, I love it. I was feeling a little spicy. spicy. Okay. Hello, my wonderful ghost girls. So I found your podcast thanks to my BFF, Heather. I love this podcast. You guys crack me up and have given me interesting things to research. Yes, I am a nerd. We love nerds here. We, we, we are. We too could be classified as we're nerds for ghosts. We, we are. We're nerds for ghosts. We literally choose <laughs> willingly to do research papers on ghosts research weekly. Every week for six, for six years. years. That's we're nerds that is for nerdy. Ghosts. Anyway, I'm from a small little town in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Wait, I actually didn't intentionally do this at all. I have two Appalachian stories and I didn't realize. Corinne, they're calling you again. Ooh, I hear them. Was it last year? There was a certain place that you kept pulling stories from accidentally. Was it like Indiana or something like that? Oh, yeah. It was like something out of the blue. It was totally unintentional. Yeah. And people were like, well, maybe you searched that name in the... In no. No. It just came up. It just happened to fall fall together. I'm, I'm getting... I'm barely me. I'm controlled by all the spirits around me, I think. Okay. Anyway, I'm from a small little town in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, Georgia side, and I have some very interesting experiences that have solidified my belief that there is more than what we can see. The women in my family have seen their guardian angels and have certain symbols that give us a heads up when things are going to happen. This is something that has happened to me since I was very young. One of the symbols, as cliche as it sounds, is a rainbow. A lot of people find this symbol to be one of promise and security, and it's true for me to an extent, but it also lets me know when someone is going to die. Which, okay, that's sad, but rainbow does make sense. Yes. It happened to me when my great aunt was ready to pass. I saw a rainbow as we watered the garden. I told my grandmother my thoughts as I saw this, and she told me I was terrible for saying such things. It was later that same week that she passed. Then, when I was a teen, my best friend's father was very sick. He was a very large man, and he was bedridden. It was a beautiful day, and the sun was shining in the windows where we were all sitting. I happened to glance up at the glass door and I'll be damned if I didn't see a rainbow. I guess I need to explain the actual rainbow. It isn't the kind that you see in the sky. It's almost like a rainbow you'd find in a water hose as you water the plants are kind of like the little ones you see in the sun-filled crystals, but it's blurry. Anyway, I saw the fuzzy rainbow and my heart dropped into my stomach. As I looked up from the rainbow, I saw a bright blinding light and in this light was a medium-billed, white-haired teen with a white undershirt and dark blue jeans. It looked like he had on black and white Converse shoes. Their surroundings were almost muted in comparison to the light, almost like transparent and muted colors. And I couldn't see his face, just the back of him, as he was turning the corner to the front of the house. He was so real. So I excused myself to go out the door to see who this was. Was he there? And you guessed it. Nope. My friend's dad passed not long after that. Do you think that was his spirit? Like his manifestation of himself? Yeah. Him in between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Getting ready to move on. 
Whoa. Oh, hoo-hoo. As I've gotten older, I see rainbows in a more positive, comforting light. With that said, I still get messages about people dying. Several years ago, I was driving to work and thought, it is funeral season. What the fuck? Who thinks shit like that? (laughs) Me. Me. I do. Anywho, a week or so later, my dad calls me and tells me my uncle has passed away. Then two months later, my family and I were getting ready for my brother's wedding, and as I was driving up, my dad called me to tell me that my grandmother had passed. Later, in November, my mother-in-law passed away. Oh my gosh. They say things come in threes where I'm from, and in this instance, they really did. Fucking funeral season. We lost three family members in less than six months. Another instance of believe me or not came when my cousin was killed in a car crash. She and I never had a good relationship. We were just a few months apart in age and she lived the opposite way of my life. She had a lot of trauma due to her parents and her behavior. Needless to say, we were not close and we had lost contact with one another. One day, out of the blue, I started thinking of her and I thought to myself, I really needed to reconnect with her. We were both linked on Ancestry, that DNA site, and I started to message her to connect with her, but didn't. A little later, my sister wakes me up to tell me that our cousin had been killed in a car crash. I feel a little bit of guilt for not connecting with her, and I wonder if I was being told to connect with her because her time was so limited. Yes, there are more declarations of death, but I will finish with two. I'm very empathetic, so when I start to notice things I do not normally notice, I take note. For a hot minute, every time I passed a funeral home, I would notice it and I'd become very sad. Every time I turned around, I would see the funeral homes in the town. Kind of like when you see a certain number over and over again, like every time I take notice of the repetition in something I don't normally notice and I'm on edge. I couldn't for the life of me understand why I kept seeing these places. I would shiver and hold my breath intentionally looking away, but I knew that they were there. Two days before my school, I'm a seventh grade teacher, was set to be back for a season from break. My principal called us in to let us know that one of our gym coaches had passed away. Not long after that, I found out that one of the church leaders had also passed away, both from massive heart attacks. Wow. After they passed, I stopped noticing the funeral homes. I was so traumatized by this that when my husband pulled into a funeral home to get directions, I had a panic attack. I refused to look around, tried to hold my breath so I didn't breathe in any weird vibes. Here's the last instance that I will share about these premonitions. This happened very, very recently. In my little hometown, there's a specific road that takes you from one town to another, a direct route. It is a stretch of road that we have traveled often, but it wasn't really one that would stick out in my mind or I've driven often enough that I would subconsciously drive it. As I was driving into work, it seems like this is where all my shit happens. My mind split. That is the only way that I can describe it. Kind of like my brain went split screen. The top part of the screen was where I was actually driving. And then the bottom part of the screen was the road that I just mentioned. Mind you, this part of the world I'm talking about is actually two and a half hours away. Anyway, I was attuned to the bottom half of this mind screen that I could see the lights of the houses. I could recognize fields that were on the side of the road. I could pinpoint destinations of my back home road so easily that I could actually put my car blinker on to turn onto the road that I grew up on. Whoa. I was brought back to the reality top screen in my mind when my daughter asked me what the hell I was doing. There's no reason that I should have or would have been driving on this road back home, familiar, but not so often traveled. So I was shaken up by this and I called to check on my sister, my mom, my grandparents. All were okay. I felt a little bit better until it kept happening almost every day that week. 
I'm still not sure why that particular road was so significant, but back home where this road I was trying to drive on in this current town that I'm in, there are four people that I knew personally or have connections to that have died. Two for certain that died by suicide, one I'm not certain of, and one had a brain aneurysm. Each of these souls were 40 years old or younger. Oh, I've had a realization as I'm typing this out. The road that I've been yammering about for the last however many paragraphs, my cousin, I mentioned, was killed in that vicinity. This is just a couple of the things that I've experienced. I have a couple of good ghost stories too. If you want me to send them, I'd be glad to. But thanks for taking the time to read this. It's been cathartic to tell someone about this stuff and not be judged as crazy or stupid. Keep finding the great content and thank you for the amazing fun you provide, Samantha. Samantha, well, first of all, I'm sorry you experience all of these messages of death or, you know, that it's so hard to bear and we don't think you're crazy or weird and we're here and this community's here for you if you ever need support. I'm so curious about this road and like the split screen of it all. It's And I am glad that she had this realization that it's connected possibly to her cousin because maybe her cousin's trying to communicate with her in some way. Yeah. It is so interesting that it's like, obviously there was time that passed between when her cousin had passed away and when this is happening and she had signs happen. Samantha felt things, felt the, the draw to connect, reconnect with her cousin right before her cousin's passing. So it is, it's odd that all this time had passed. And yet for a week straight, regardless of where she was, her vision, like where she was turned into her road at home, her road to home. What was her daughter experiencing for her to be like, mom, what are you doing? What 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 did she? I'm curious. It sounds like Samantha has a connection to the other side that perhaps, I mean, aside from taking notice of, you know, the, the things that are, that become pattern-like, but are not normal occurrences in her life. I'm curious if she can tune into her cousin in some way. Just even trying to contact her mentally, sit at the table with a cup of coffee for your cousin at the other end, and just speak to her internally. And I wonder if anything will come. Because maybe they are connected. Maybe they there's more to their relationship. I want to believe that it's Samantha's cousin trying to make some type of communication or get in touch about, you know, about something. I don't know. I am so curious. Yeah. Well, okay. So this was sent somewhat recently. It was in April of this year. So I wonder if Samantha has any answers now. Let me, let me search this email in our inbox and see if we have a follow-up. Okay. Nope. (laughs) Well, that's more recent. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I have a story to end on and it was actually sent in 2020. So it's a much older one. Okay. It is from our listener Chandler and it's called BEKs and a whole ass ghost question mark. I'm just going to start with this beautiful, nice paragraph that Chandler wrote. Hello, lovely spooky ladies. I want to start off by saying how much I adore you both. You're hilarious, charming, have a way of telling stories that make <sighs> listeners feel like they've known you for 20 years. You've done wow. a great job making a girl like me, a ghost lover, but also terrified of the thought of seeing a ghost kind of girl, feel right at home. <laughs> I Thank have, you. I know. It's so nice. I've been listening for about a year and then some, and I've finally done it. I've caught up. As much as I wanted to jump ahead, I couldn't force myself to not listen in order, which come to think of it, 
I kind of feel like that's how I was supposed to hear it. This past year, even though I've been multiple months behind the whole time, you always seemed to tell stories or jokes that were weirdly relevant to what was currently going on in my life. Wow. I could maybe chalk that up to you guys just being so damn relatable, but I also like to think there's something more. I like that too. Serendipitous. Mm -hmm. Something brought you to us. Mm -hmm. The right time. My first story is from the very first day that I learned of black eyed children. My dad, Mm. an avid Bigfoot enthusiast, was the first person to mention them to me. I then spent all day pursuing Reddit and even made it to the second page of my Google search reading those creepy stories about those creepy little shits. I happened to be spending that day with my boyfriend, Zach. Now, he's what I would call a skeptic of all things paranormal, although the thought does scare him. So, as you have said, Corinne, he must be a believer. Anyway. That's what I was just about to say. (laughs) I think uh, Chandler knows us really well. Um, I was leaving Zach's house around 10 p.m. after I spent the day telling him about all the creepy stories I had read about BEKs. He lives in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cow fields that at night are illuminated only by floodlights on almost every corner of his home and garage. Ain't nobody sneaking up on his family, except for UFOs. We are walking out onto his front porch into the night when I get an idea to scare him. I turn to him as we are meandering towards my car and I say, Hey, Zach, what if we looked up at the end of the driveway and saw a black eye before I could even get the sentence out? All of the lights went out. All of them. Oh my God. Before we could even bring ourselves... To look at each other, we turned on our heels and I squealed as Zach and I sprinted back into his house and exploded through his front door. The power was still on in the inside, perhaps because the BEKs have no power unless they're invited inside. See, see, Zach believes. He believes he sprinted just as fast. We still have no idea what caused this, but I did make it home in record time that night. That like for sure is the fact that Chandler wanted to pull a prank on her boyfriend and as she's doing it, the, no, like the ghosts were like, Mm-mm. I know. <laughs> My second story isn't much of a story, but more about pictures I took while visiting New Orleans. Naturally, I spent one of my evenings on a ghost tour of the French Quarter, and like any good ghost tour in New Orleans, it took you by the home of Madame Delphine Lalaurie, the monstrous woman who I know you ladies know well. I took three pictures of the Lalaurie home in the exact same spot back to back. I've been burned too many times by thinking I took a great picture only to review my photos later and find out that I moved the camera too soon and the picture sucks. So I always take multiple. Of course, the pictures are blurred and dimly lit. Is it even a ghost picture if it doesn't have these qualities? (laughs) Haha. I have zoomed in on these photos and lightened them up so it's easier to see. The first picture doesn't really look like anything at all, but when placed with the others, you can see something. Something on the balcony in picture one that is turning its head and looking over the plant towards the camera, picture two, and that something then looking down at the street in picture three. Madame Lalaurie, is that you? Thanks for your hard work and dedication to turning all things spooky into my favorite pastime. See you on the other side, Chandler. (gasps) Ooh, 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 I have chills. Oh my God, the one that's labeled three. Uh what was that this will go on youtube and instagram for (laughs) sure wait this is so freaky and i realize it's it's grainy it's from far away and so there's not as much definition but doesn't it kind of look like i'm trying to think of the mood it's almost like uh i wish i could read your mind okay think really hard maybe i can figure it out 
Okay, I, I, it is what I thought. Oh. So going back to Kirk and Dana Newkirk, they have a documentary called Hellier, or it's a TV series. And I was like, this face kind of looks like the face on their TV poster. Oh, doesn't it? oh, gosh. <sighs> Yucky. So, yeah. I love ghost stories. Me too. <laughs> Send us yours at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then come join us on tour. We're going to be doing some live shows. We're going to 32 cities in the U.S. and one show in Toronto. So come join us. Come get ghostly and spooky and get haunted with us. Or, I don't know, make us and more haunted. And hear all about our time at the Conjuring House. Oh my gosh, do we have stories to tell? We have so much tea. Oh yeah. So much tea. So much tea. Various ways to support us. You can rate and review on iTunes. You can buy our merch. You can join slash follow all of our... Uh, social medias join our patreon if you want some exclusive content to kind of be in the know of of what we're doing when we're on tour because we're going to be vlogging about it uh there's discounts there there's holiday cards there's a, a lot of fun extra perks so check out our patreon if you want to be sucked even more into our triangle and really level up on the pyramid scheme we love when people get sucked in yeah get get sucked baby uh and and Thank you to our get team. spooked. And we love you all. Thank you so much to Christina, our editor of the podcast. Thank you to Loren and Avery, who are our wonderful team. We could not do this podcast without all of you, our team, and all of you as our listeners. We love you all. Thank you. And we will see you on the, on the other, other side. side.